Mindfulness is a fun one to explore. Um, <laughs> it's a, feels like it's, a, it's become like a trending word, but, but mindfulness or kind of what I've summed it up is how much are you listening and how much are you listening from trying to not throw your own judgments or assumptions at someone? We're born with two ears, one mouth, so we need to be doing twice the listening than, than we do talking. Mm. Um, and that's for internet, that, that's for family, that's from friends. It's, it, you meet anyone. Like you see something, you hear something, you're with someone. Am I listening and, and throwing my stuff on them? Or am I just really just listening and just hearing them for where they are? Mm-hmm. Everyone comes from different places and has different backgrounds and has different ideas of what the world looks like and can experience it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's first trying to honor where someone's at. What's up, y'all? Trevor here with the Carrot Cast. And I've got an interesting and very meaningful and impactful departure on today's episode. Uh, this isn't going to be an episode where we talk about leads. It's not going to be an episode where we talk about building authority and anything having to do with real estate. It's really it's really at the heart and, and some of the utmost, most important things that we should and could be focusing on in life. And um, we're going to talk about legacy a little bit. We're going to talk about um, a story of an amazing individual uh, that uh, um, a friend and team member here at, at, at Carrot, Joaquin Ortiz, you're going to be introduced to here in a second, um, that is near and dear to him in some circumstances recently that uh, that I think are, are something we want we want to shed light on. That there's so much negativity that can creep out there in the world right now. Uh, there's so much. Uh, there's, it's so easy for people to hide behind the veil of the internet uh, to go out there and and really attack people. And I don't think it's okay. And we want to be able to use our platform here to to really help shine a light on the positive. Uh, sides of legacy and of people and specifically uh, this one amazing individual. But we're going to dig into some important stuff. So I want you to bolt on here. And also I've got a major call to action. Uh, There's going to be a major call to action in the middle and or towards the end of this episode that I think can really impact you for the rest of your life and those around you uh, if you're if you're game to take the call. So I'm going to introduce you guys to uh, Joaquin, first of all, but I'll give you guys a quick background after the introduction. But welcome on your first ever episode of the carrot cast but hopefully not the last uh joaquin oh man this is a this is kind of a treat to be here because even before i joined carrot i'm like oh let's see what's, who is this trevor mock guy and the guy's podcast and i'm like oh here we are now in the hot seat <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it so we're gonna give people a little bit of context uh joaquin joined the carrot team uh you know this past year year and a half now time flies man but you've been with us over a year and uh, buzzing towards the second year right now. And we were hot off the heels of our most recent company retreat. Every six months, we, we bring the whole team out here to Oregon and get together. And, and that's kind of where this, this podcast came out of as we were sitting down you know, there near the, near the beach in Oregon and, and just kind of chatting about it. Joaquin was inspired to come up with this topic. And, and it's really cool because uh, in, in Carrot, one of the things that Joaquin is so amazing at uh, that we want to be able to to light up that part of him even more within the company. It makes it a little bit more difficult being remote, but we still want to find amazing things to do it. Is um, he always finds ways to really bring us back to center? You know, at, at our retreat, he was doing yoga um, out there on the beach that that we did um, several days, and it was really really fun in the mornings. He's had other exercises that he's led that really help us connect with each other, and that's one thing that I've found, man, is is when you get out of that comfort zone. Um, sometimes talk about uncomfortable things 
and you challenge some of those things you hold near and dear to yourself, you can find uh, a greater version of yourself. And there's going to be some things we're going to be challenging today from those of you guys listening to this episode. There's going to be things that we're going to be challenging uh, to those of you who who, who maybe are doing some of the things we're going to be talking about within the positive and negative side. But uh, Joaquin, I'm so grateful for you. So why don't you uh, give people a quick kind of recap on your background. How did you, like, what did you do before Carrot? What are some of the passions you've got? Why did you join Carrot? And then we'll shift gears towards um, towards your uncle's story. Yeah, yeah, of course. Hello to everyone out there who I've ever emailed or live chatted with <laughs> or done a strategy call with them. Um, but yeah, I joined uh, Care about a little over a year ago. And prior to that, oh man, I, I've, I've been definitely been a passion chaser in my world. Big time runner, which is one corner of how a lot of people know me. Ran for Cal Poly Pomona, made it on the big stage of some of the big leagues there and uh, trained with Olympic people who ran in the Olympics. So it was just a treat for me, like going from small town high school runner to, wow, I'm seeing my training partners and sometimes stepping in races with them. And they're fast. Wait, I'm kind of fast too now. <laughs> when did that happen? So, so that that's been a fun journey. And then moving on and giving back uh, after my my running career, coaching at University of Portland High School, and, and that that's a blast. If mm-hmm. you find a passion, something you love, but you, your body can't quite hold up or something changes, there's always an opportunity and a way to give back and teach others, so that that fire can continue through others. And that's a blast. So that's that was me for a while or one of my cornerstones. The other one's being um. A lot of music, not only music performing, but just seeing what it's like when there's there's magic in anything when you get a good good group of people on the same wave of the energy or the tone. And, and in my case, that was um, a lot of music festival stuff, starting small and then working my ranks to uh, I was in the backstage part of some of the biggest music festivals in in, uh, in the U.S., ranging from Coachella to Rock the Bells, which is a big hip hop one. And I was a hip hop one, hip hop head myself. So here I am. As a kid, listening to anyone from like most staff or any of these guys, I'm like, oh, these are amazing. And now I consider them colleagues. Yeah. <laughs> so um, th- that, that was really just chasing passion, uh, being in the right place at the wrong, right time, and just doing honest work. I uh, interned my butt off to get in those positions. <laughs> I bet. Off <laughs> to uh, be on tour. And so that, that's kind of a good chunk of my time in, uh, or my, my past cornerstones of music and fitness and now I've developed my own brands or my own ways of trying to give back and how to go inward and understand oneself better. And I think that's, I'm bringing a lot of that to Carrot, especially in the streets. We have a blast doing that. And then uh, having my own projects of uh, being branded as Coach Joaquin, whether that, that kind of stepped in the accident, but mm-hmm. using music and, and bridging my coaching and doing music mixes that are fitness mixes. It, it, that was just a byproduct of I got tired of doing Pandora and having a commercial pop in right in the middle of an intense portion of a workout. <laughs> and so, so uh, learned how to play mixed music from the people I was around and that, that's become its own world and uh, a brand that I'm carrying today and having a blast with. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So guys, like, like Joaquin said, many of you guys have hopped on phone calls with him here at Carrot and have bounced emails back and forth. So he, he's probably probably the guy or one of the guys you're going to talk to on a strategy call if you're an, if you're an investor. For, so look out for Joaquin. But we're, we're, we're going to make a, a shift here. Um, and, and I'll kind of intro, introduce this and toss over to Joaquin. Uh, this, this was you know a couple months ago from the time that we're recording this around there mm-hmm. that um, Joaquin hit me up and just kind of walked through a, a, a tragedy that his, that his family had. And, and the more that we got to talk and the more that I saw things unfold, um, the, the more 
man, like I'm, I'm kind of searching for the right word, but the, the more sad, bummed, disappointed um, that I am, that, that the world has made it so much easier to do this today uh, than it was in the past. And um, the, the, the high level of the tra- tragedy is, is, is Joaquin, one of his main mentors in life, uh, one of his um, uh, running inspirations, um, a family member, an uncle, uh, Dr. Frank Meza, who's a world-class runner, uh, recently was, was massively cyberbullied. And we'll kind of go into a little bit of it here. And, and, it, and it led to, um, I mean, it, it, it led to him taking his own life. And that's, that's, I don't know what other way to say it, but it's, uh, it's not easy to talk about. And we think it's a really important important topic to bring up. Like I said, we hope that you guys stick with us here and, 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 and dive in on this because whether you've experienced this or not, or whether you've done it to others or whether you have kids, it's something that we need to know how to deal with. And so I'm going to toss over to you, Joaquin, and, and kind of where, where do you want to start this man? Um, do, do we want to, do we want to dive into your uncle's story? Kind of where do you want to start? It? Well, yeah, I mean, I think you framed it up pretty well. We can just go straight into Dr. Frank Messer or deal as I call him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's appropriate to talk about legacy going into this because here is someone who lived a hell of a life. <laughs> um, coming from the story of coming to just him and his mom coming to uh, to the U.S., the whole immigrant story. He lost his dad as a kid, and it mm. was just him and his mom. He got introduced to doctors, seeing doctors that are other Latinos that he could relate to um, in the '60s, and at some point in time, he. he someone planted the seed that you can be a doctor too. And he had no idea what that meant. He's like, Oh yeah. Okay. I, I can do that. And he, he went and did it from becoming from an immigrant to, to being disenfranchised, low income, just, just it's stacked against them <laughs> to, put it, to put it, just frame it up quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the, in the 60s, 70s, the era there, there weren't many Latino doctors. Um, he was one of very few mm. and recognizing there needs to be more of this. Um, started programs of, of in, in East LA to try to serve and, and inform other Latinos that they can be out there. Hmm. They can be what they want. It doesn't matter where they come from. You can be a little bit, you can, he's happy to mentor them and in the process of what it took them. Um, and at that same time, he was a huge runner. That, that was his medicine, his meditation, um, and, and the cornerstone of how I remember him. Um, he also started a project, uh, still alive today. I think it started in the 70s, and I'm still finding shirts and people in contact, which is blowing me away. <laughs> did, did, you, did you get that shirt that we were talking about? That is so cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so the Aslan Running Club. Um, he started in the seventies and it was just to get people involved in health, uh, and track and field or, or just running in general, but track and field was, was, was his jam back then. So he started a running club and, um, still goes on the day. And, uh, yeah, as I was searching, uh, upon his death, um, just that, that running club, I found a shirt on Etsy that was uh, someone found in Portland. So I got to pick it up in person or, or, had, or had my girlfriend pick it up so, um, from the 1980s, still in mint condition. And it's imprinted in my mind, my dad wearing that shirt when I was a kid. And really like, and now I have one, my own and it fits perfect. Of course it does. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, it's crazy. It's a trip. Um, but yeah, that, that, that just speaks to how much running it was from. Um, so the Aslan Track Club, he's carried that for, for years and uh, became a coach at Loyola High School um, mm-hmm. with one of his friends who was a head coach and, and a high school teacher. 
And this is all volunteer time. He, he coached for 20 plus years, leading the, the top runners again and again uh, for cross country and track. And some of them have moved on to Olympic level competitions, which mm-hmm. I'm like, that's the caliber he could coach at. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, and he did that all volunteer as, as, a side, as a side gig from being a physician, if that's not enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so uh, Lisa say, Fitness was a cornerstone of him. Mm-hmm. And uh, here is someone in their, in their 50s and 60s, as I, as I was embarking on running, doing 60K trail runs, uh, jumping in, the, in Ironmans and, and doing 100-mile bike ride, just the absurd things that, in my, that I see others in 50s and 60s year olds just, just, don't have, just don't have the body, but you have the drive to do that. <laughs> but most are most are like mentally winding down at that point, you know. Like m- most are going well. My best years are behind me. I'm kind of going to wind down. But that sounds like he was an amazing example for someone who didn't take that. He's like, well, why should we have to wind down? Let's see if we can't keep on pushing. Absolutely. He he, he spoke his medicine of, of you know as, as a forefront runner, at least in the LA area, trying to, trying to be uh, reduce the, that was his personal mission to reduce diabetes. So mm-hmm. he's, you can just run. You don't need a fancy gym membership or anything like that. You, mm-hmm. Let's start right with our backyard. So he definitely yeah. took that to heart and then some, um, but I do know like a fun time for him being a well traveler and taking time off. Uh, he, he loved his tour to France. Mm-hmm. He flew over there with his bike, would bike portions of the course before they would do it, then watch the, watch the bikers have a beer and then repeat it the next day. Like that was vacation for him. It was fun for him. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. I was just like, okay. In my mind, I'm like, okay. Yeah. That, that's a fun way to explore. So I think I adapted that whenever I travel somewhere, I always learned the lay of the land by just going for a run through the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily biking 60 miles through the foothills of yeah. who knows what. <laughs> Teach their own, but at the very least, go to go explore. Go yeah. explore new territory. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but that, that, that's how he lived. He, he, he lived as being active. And uh, as he was getting into the 60s, um, he started jumping into half marathons and marathons. Just try something new. And uh, inspiration, I think, from, from some, a little bit of the spiritual side of, of an understanding. Uh, gosh, I'm going to botch this name up. Uh, the Tarmahura Indians, the ones that, that tribe that can just, it's in their nature just to run. Yep. Um, and so he just kind of took a note of that and like, I, I think I can just keep going mm. and uh, taking what everything he knows about running and building his own training programs and took on a lot of other people. People would pay just to learn how to run through him. Mm. Um, just started running, became awesome at it again and again. And me being a, a college runner, I'd go for a few of these runs, especially with this high school athletes. And uh, he'd do some gnarly ones just straight up. Oh, we're going to run this hill for the next two miles. It just straight up. And and my goal, like me being cocky, I'm like, I can hang with this. And then towards after a mile into it, I look back and he's creeping over on my heels and my goal just became not to have him pass me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got some gnarly train runs. That I remember uh, knocking out with him and the team, which to the caliber of the team, it made sense. Of, uh, mm. Okay. that That's, we're doing work, heavy lifting work, mm. um, which that reflected his times or how he trained. And he just steadily became in his 60s, just an amazing runner, mm-hmm. um, consistently being a top placer. Um, I'm, I'm flashbacking to being at my aunt's house a few weeks ago and just seeing just litters of medals that all started just in the last 10 years of, yeah. of uh, Ironmans, uh, half marathons, marathons. And 
he was, he was in a little league of his own. Mm-hmm. Um, but over time, uh, there were those who started getting suspicious of mm-hmm. this guy, this guy's going too fast. This guy's doing too much. He's, this isn't line up. Um, and accusations, I th- this, I think just started just a few years ago, or at least the pieces, at least when you look online, that's where the, the first things are surfacing of, um, individuals accusing them of, of cheating mm-hmm. and they all have their own, own kind of ideas of how things happened disqualified from races here and there, which him, he, he, he didn't, he didn't do it for glory. Mm-hmm. He did it cause he just, he just loved it. Um, and that's how I know him. He wasn't one who boasted anything. He wasn't, wasn't fancied about having big cars or fancy or big houses, fancy cars. There we go. <laughs> wasn't his nature. Uh, so it made sense as he's, as he's be disqualified from, from race or people review or things didn't line up. Um, he never challenged it. He's mm-hmm. like, okay, well uh, I ran, I had my fun. Cool. And, and that in my mind, that's, that was what Thanksgiving and, and uh, Christmas would come around. There'd be races uh, or big races before or prior. We'd go knock it out and then come back and we used to family have fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but over time th- those got a, uh, Steady, steadily louder, especially as he started uh, pressing and, and got the course records and world records for certain races. Mm-hmm. Um, it got loud real fast and people piecing up their, their own ideas of what's going on. Um, and then two particular things came, two websites in particular came up and this is kind of where we start seeing the ugly side of the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, let's run.com, which I remember from my being a runner myself, it's just a, a big forum, uh, online forum boards, topic-based, and then uh, Marathon Investigations, um, which is a self-proclaimed investigator who loosely tied to running, loosely runners in, in that world, mm-hmm. um, whose his personal mission is to uncover or, or do marathon investigations and then uncover the cheaters of the world. Yeah. Um, those two start. Those two kind of teamed up and started going after my uncle and, and piecing up things. Which I'm not, I'm not big on making my business someone else's business, mm-hmm. uh, but that that's what it started coming down to the, the last few years and uh, these last few months, especially um, as he's my uncle just became seventy and be, hit a different age group and started just the same things he was doing now. Now that he's in a different age group. He's hitting different record times. Mm-hmm. So his name started surfacing to the, to the headlines a little bit more, which started tripping more investigations, more people finding pictures and making and coming up with stories. I haven't dove too much into it. You can come up with your own suspicions, whatever it may be in my mind, it's a seven year old is just running. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, that got loud real fast. Um, the allegations, uh, as you can suspect with anything, become comments, become judgments, can become hateful mm-hmm. real fast. Um, and my uncle doing the best to just kind of brush it off and not let it bother him. I'm just going to keep running. And, and it got big when uh, the LA Marathon I, I, uh, found some things that disqualify him on, which he didn't challenge. Um, I remember like, okay, there are certain rules of my bib number was off or this and that. I, I stepped off the course to pee. Um, okay. Yeah. I, that, that makes sense. And uh, he also accepted in the future um, to have someone shadow him. So like, all right, let's just have this done. But 
all the moments leading up to that YouTube or comments left and right getting ugly. Um, he made the front page of the LA times of his name, Dr. Frank Mesa cheater mm. in my mind, Lance Armstrong didn't even get something that something that big. Yeah. And, and that's his hometown mm. being in LA. So to have your hometown newspaper, you're at the, you're at the tier end of living your legacy and that's what you're getting right now. Mm-hmm. Th- that's the, I'm feeling it right now. Just that yeah. that's, that's breaking to the heart and the soul right there. Oh man. And, um, I do know the last few months, uh, he just became tired. That's, that's, that was kind of the theme of like, I'm just tired, which if you can translate that to I'm carrying something that it's, it's heavy. Yeah. And as, as I kind of dove in some of the the internet stuff, it's bad comments, it's bad allegations and not even respecting the character. Um, of my uncle being just a huge giver. And it's clearly none of these people met him leading up to the LA times front page that spun to, uh, I'm thinking ahead to July ish, early July. Um, there's now news reporters all up in literally the front yard mm. of, of trying to get stories and pictures, cameras pointed at their bedroom window, that whole deal of like, he's, he's not one that, even ask for a spotlight, yeah. but here they are people coming up with their stories and wanting to see and get their glimpse of him and really tiring for him. And, um, on July 4th, he woke up and, uh, had their plans to just do the July 4th stuff in, in the front yard as they normally do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he decided to go for a run and my, my aunt was already kind of suspicious. He's tired. There's something going on mm. a month prior that he was told he has to have open heart surgery, which is that that's a mind boggle in itself. Wow. If you're an athlete and, and you're told you need to have heart surgery. Um, and then everything going on of, of needing to prove himself innocent in a world where he's like, I, I don't even care of what's of all these things going on. Just let me run. Uh, he decided to go for a run, which my aunt encouraged just being, you know, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. Get outside. Just, yeah, go do what you love. Go for a yeah. run. Um, he drove off to the neighborhood he grew up in, which wasn't far from, from where he lived now. Mm. Um, parked the car, uh, le- left a little note for the family so through video. Um, I haven't dove in it entirely, but I, I know what the essence of it is. Yeah. And uh, found a bridge and made his peace right there. Oh, man. And uh, yeah, within within hours, I found out, family found out, and it, it doesn't make sense. Mm-mm. To a degree, it does. But the theme, to I understand it, of everything leading up, the allegations, and people started poking personally in his life. Mm-hmm. People started calling his work. Um telling the world or telling the workplace that he's a dishonest man. You can't have this doctor here. Mm. People actively trying to make life hard for my uncle. Mm. Um, and that he was very, very concerned as, as I think everyone can relate to. What does that mean from your family? It mm. doesn't take much for a few clicks, a few searches to find one individual and everyone in their surrounding circle. Yeah. And that was the impact here. And 
my family leading up to those events doing what they could to push back on the the comments um hiring a firm to kind of kind of clean up things but they're they're fighting a tsunami at that point mm-hmm. and that's how that's the best way to frame it of when things go viral when things in the internet have made up their mind it's a tsunami it doesn't matter what you put out mm. and that's what they're doing at that point which it wasn't working um and especially with people actively engaging and getting involved in his life, it's it seems my uncle's best decision at that point. Despite doing all these efforts, there's no laws to protect us. You know, there there are consequences and laws if you yell fire in a theater yeah. or if you yell certain things in an airport. There are consequences to that, and if there's a mob in your front yard, you have a phone number to call. There's people you can help you. Mm-hmm. We don't have that for the for the internet. What happened here is my uncle need to protect his family. And I, I think, or one of the things I think other than just carrying hate directed at him, he, he became a target for the internet. And this, this topic, I mean, it's, it's obviously crazy tough. And first of all, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sorry that your family's had, had to go through this. It's, uh, it's something I, I can't say. I, I, I know what you feel like. It's something I can't say. You know, the, I, I can't give specific guidance on how to wade through something like this, nor, nor can most. But yeah. um, it's something that I think I think all of us are going to increasingly um, in, encounter these things as we go. And we want to talk about a, a couple of these things. We want to honor uh, your uncle's legacy, first of all, uh, an amazing runner, an amazing, an amazing man um, by, by all accounts that, that, that I've seen and heard. And, and like you said, guys, here's, here's the thing. I, I really don't care what what um, what the facts are in it. I, I I trust Joaquin in that side. What 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 I care about is there's there's a human being in in this that that no matter what people's conclusions are, uh, whether they're true, false, any of that stuff doesn't matter to me. What matters is there's a human being that people start to attack with little to no gain for themselves other than to throw hatred at people. And yeah. no one wins in that scenario. But we, we've, we've come into a society these days where let's flip it back to the real estate side, right? Where you'll see someone having a bunch of success in a Facebook group, and then you get a, as many people hating on them for posting their success as people encouraging them. Um, and, and all too often, we see so many people attacking one's success or attacking um, one's opinion or attacking one's um, current stance or their looks or the way that they talk or like you can go on and on about any of that stuff. Um, And there needs to be a lot more encouraging of people. And the thing with the internet and we've got podcasts here and you're listening to this connected to an internet device is, is it's almost made it to where, to where we, we've we've removed humanity from the equation of communication so much that if if you know if you were to pull this back seventy years ago um, you wouldn't have that happening because most people wouldn't have the guts to say those things to someone's face but when you have the humanity removed from the conversation and I can just with a little username or behind this the veil of this blog where the person can't actually really come in and find me physically uh you have a lot more gumption to say things that are very hurtful that you probably would not say and you would hold you would hold back in a real life conversation so uh, we want to talk about a few things there um i know you're really big on mindfulness and uh and it's on my notes here if you want to dive into that but what what are what are some things if any of us are guilty of flipping to the negative or if we see it what are some things that that we can do uh, to be more mindful of other people, but also if we're if we are at, at the 
at the attacked end of, of this? Is there anything that we can do uh, just with all the training and learning that you've, you've uh, been learning lately? Mindfulness is a fun one to explore. Um, <laughs> it's a, uh, feels like it's, a, it's become like a trending word, but, but mindfulness or kind of what I've summed it up is how much are you listening and how much are you listening from trying to not throw your own judgments or assumptions at someone just, mm-hmm. you know, we're born with two ears, one mouth. So we need to be doing twice the listening than, than we do talking. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's for internet. That, that's for family. That's from friends. It's, it, you meet anyone. Like you see something, you hear something, you're with someone. Am I listening and, and throwing my stuff on them? Or am I just really just listening and just hearing them for where they are? Mm-hmm. Everyone comes from different places and has different backgrounds and has different ideas of what the world looks like and can experiences. Mm. And I think it's first trying to honor where someone's at. There's that Tony Robbins, a little clip of, or I think it was someone mentioned the story. None of the story, the idea of there's an individual on a subway watching two others and, and this guy's down or this guy's just heads down. And he has his kids just rambling, doing crazy. And the guy's, the guy's watching him snaps on him. He goes, Hey, can you take care of your kids here? There's a wild running wild. Mm-hmm. And the individual looks at him and goes like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, but they, they just lost their mom and, I left, and uh, I'm not too sure how to take it. And, and I guess they don't know either. Mm-hmm. And, and in that situation, if you were to snap on one of that situation, you'd feel like trash. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, okay. I, I, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Process. Be where you need to be. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's just a great, a great example of what it means to, you know, you, you, this needs to look a certain way. But you don't know what's on that end. You don't know what's going on. And so my mind, mindfulness is the idea of how much are you listening to someone and being able to recognize what is my projection or judgment versus just recognizing that's where they're at. Yep. Yep. And there's, there's a big part of it too, man, that, that kind of even going back to, to Dr. Frank's story here is, is, um, man, it's like <clears throat> there's the mindfulness of listening to, like you said, where, where they're at, um, which likely uh, ma- many of the, the people spewing the, the hatred likely didn't. They, they formed their opinions very early on and then they were going to stick to them. And once again, uh, it, it, it doesn't matter to me in, in this case, the facts, what matters to me is going back to going, okay, cool. Um, did that person actually, number one, give them the benefit of the doubt. Number two, let's think about mindfulness as far as how we then communicate back to people, right? Mm-hmm. It is, is going, okay, is, is it constructive or destructive, the, the communication I'm about to have? And it's funny, I've got three little kids. Uh, they're four, four, six, and eight. And we were talking about this on Sunday this, this week where Colton, uh, my, little, my little boy, he's in the middle. He's six. And uh, he's in a little phase where he likes to kind of jab at his sisters a little bit. You know, if, if, if the sister likes this thing, this little whatever tiara, he thinks it's dumb. Right. And like, we're, we're talking to him and, and he said that on the way, on the way back, I can't remember what it was, but one of his sisters had this thing that they liked, but it was on the ground and they couldn't reach it because they were buckled in in the car. And Colton goes, oh, that thing's, what did he say? He goes, he goes, oh, that thing's kind of dumb anyway. And I talked to Colton and I said, Colt, I go, man, first of all, you might think it's dumb, but your sisters really like it. And so would, 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 would you like that? If, if one of your sisters said it about the toy that you're holding right now that you really liked, that you just got for your birthday. And he goes, well, no, I, I, I wouldn't. I go, okay, cool. So let, let's make sure that we recognize are your, are your words 
dragging someone down or are they building someone up? And if you're ever going to say anything that drags someone down, you should just think about it and cast it aside and don't say it. Only say things that build thing, build people up. Now, I know it's tempting. I know sometimes you, <laughs> you want to make a point, right? You want to make a point sometimes. And sometimes we get dragged into that, in, in, into that, that destructive path of, I want to make a point doing this. It is going to be destructive. But my, me making my point was more important than... Than, than the destruction that might have caused on the other side. And I want all of us to think about that more is, is our, is us making our point and that little, ju- ju- you know, that little, um, um, injection of ego that we're going to get for a half second. Is that more important than the destruction that we're likely going to have on the other side? And I think nine, 9.99999 times out of 10, the answer is no. And let's pull back on that and let's help coach our kids in a way. Let's grow another generation that's going to be more mindful. Let's grow a generation that's going to build up, not tear down. And uh, let's just really uh, um, get that out there more in the world in a big way, in a big way. Um, social media, next thing on here, we, we, we talked a lot about just the, the spread of, of cyberbullying and, and how social media can, can, have, can, and can um, amplify that. And, I know one of our core values here at Carrot is be a beacon of positivity and possibility. And that's like, it's probably my favorite one. It's, it's whenever I get dragged down, like even earlier today, Joaquin, um, I was on a big old content push and then we kind of had a, a little snafu on something and it wasn't even a big one at all. And it really, I didn't care, but I kind of got dragged down energy wise and I was getting a little bit negative in there. And so I had to pull back and go, okay, um, let me go outside, take a really quick walk, get some air, and let me just inject positivity and completely change my mood. But what what do you what's on your mind around cyberbullying, around social media, around what needs to change? And do you have any ideas on on how people listening to this can be changed? Damn, that's a big question. It is. It is. <laughs> um, we're not going to solve it, but everyone yeah. here can play a part in their world of it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Be the change you want. <laughs> want to see. Um you know, it's funny. One of the, as I started researching the the, the, I, the thing of, about cyberbullying, um, th- there are no laws really about it right now. That that kind of made me sad. And well, here I'm experiencing part of the byproduct of that. Mm-hmm. And as I started searching around, it was just predominantly high school mm-hmm. or, or yeah, young adults and kids that are experiencing cyberbullying, or at least the ones who who on our position where a lot of energy is focused mm-hmm. and realistically anyone can, it can be a victim or, or experience cyberbullying. So by no means is it, is it restricted to just a younger crowd, but I get it since the younger crowd is very much engaged with the, the Snapchat and Instagram and all these stories where yeah. so many different things were just hyper-connected and it happens dang fast. And mm-hmm. there are plenty of some, there are plenty of ugly stories where uh, that's happened. That's, that's going on. Um, but there was thing, one thing that, that stood out for me, which I think is uh, applicable to social media as well, as well as just in general. It's just framed a little differently. But the idea of if you're going to leave a post or send a message that's out in the public, do you feel comfortable with this being headline news on a front page? Mm-hmm. And, and I think just, just thinking of that, just change of perspective of you're leaving a digital footprint, you're leaving a message, you're leaving something that the world can see is that what you want to be seen as? Is that really what you want to say right now? Or is there something else you're trying to say and you're asking them this and it's really something else just coming out sideways and that's why you may be attacking someone. And I, and I take a talk and everyone as if everyone's kind of a cyber bully here, but the idea of being, um, 
to just take that moment and, and reframe or rethink what you're trying to say. And, and, and uh, there's that, that, that saying of, if you want to make the, the biggest speech you'll ever regret, say something when you're angry. Mm. And I think there's some truth to that as opposed to, all right, let me just step away or, or like, like you just mentioned, you know, I need, I need to step outside. I need a refresher. I need to reset. I need to have some different stimulation to get my brain where I feel like it's more true to me. Yep. I need to sleep on it. Um, there's all these other things, but now, now more than ever with communication faster and more efficient, uh, or efficient, I suppose, <laughs> than ever. Um, yeah, our, our words matter just a little bit more since they don't really go away in the digital world. And dude, and there's, there's something too, where I, I don't know what it is about it. I don't know if it's the volume of it. I don't know if, if it's the fact that other people can see it unless it's a DM, but for, for some reason, I mean, there's definitely a higher volume because there's a lower barrier, right? Like I said, there's a lower barrier of risk for the sender uh, yeah. to send out something um, versus saying something in, in some, in front of someone's face. And I guess if you were to look back, let's say 50 years ago or whatever, um, kind of the, the similar thing would have been the, the circle of kids in the playground chit chatting about the person and kind of looking over their shoulder and pointing at them. And, but it's a small group and not, not saying it wasn't hurtful. It was definitely hurtful. It's the same exact, um, uh, same exact, uh, practice that they're doing. Um, but it's, it's a lot, it's a lot less prevalent, uh, it was a lot less prevalent then because it was just the barrier of entry is higher. And that's just something, man, I just really encourage you guys. And we, we've got, we've got young kids coming up, you know, like I said, um, four, six and eight. And it's definitely something that that's on my mind a lot that it's technology is an amazing thing, but also it's not. And as our kids kind of, you know, they'll, they'll like to pull out one of our phones and kind of watch a video or something like that. And I found a couple times where there's been a YouTube video that was, a perfectly sensible YouTube video for a six-year-old kid to watch, but then it rolls into something else mm-hmm. that, that wasn't good at all. And so this is something where we have, we've had to completely change the way that we treat screen time with our kids. And I don't know how it's going to happen 10 years from now when they're 16 years old and things like that, what technology is going to look like. But it's something I want all of you as parents to think about. It's more important than getting a deal. It's more important than getting a lead. It's more important than your career than any of that stuff. But we pay attention to how our kids are interacting in social. Um, are they encouraging others? Are they tearing others down? And then also get a gauge for, I, I want to kind of toss this out and, and I don't know if you'll have answers or not, but um, what, what are some of the warning signs if someone is likely experiencing being on the receiving end of that? You talked about some of those that your uncle had, but uh, let's talk about that for a bit so we can maybe have some early warning signs of people listening to this are, and they have kids or friends or family or people they care about. Joaquin, what are some of the early warning signs that people maybe could look out for if one of their loved ones is being cyberbullied? My no means my professional about it. But oh yeah, but your, your experience on the family side. And I think this is a two-tier thing of the one tier of the individual. You know, you're, you're experiencing some heavy stuff. Um, and and how, how do you communicate that of, of like, I, I'm feeling a lot of negative energy. I, I know at least I can relate to it as a notion being a, a male, mm-hmm. um, the idea of, you know, you're not supposed to talk about emotions and this and that. Um, so the, that's where the hard, the first tier of it's okay to speak out. And, or figure out a way, who do you need to connect with to feel the comfort and just be guided and just reminded that you are an amazing person mm-hmm. and that these comments, uh, these likes or, or lack of likes or whatever, or thumbs down, I don't know, whatever platform you're on, uh, by no means they define you. But if that's where you're feeling, um, 
things that are kind of determining what you're feeling, then, then kind of maybe that's, that's a moment where like, okay, I need to come back and, and go into me a little bit and figure out to communicate or kind of get that, that idea of why, why is this making me feel heavy? Mm-hmm. Um, and that could be something simple as your, your own energy audit of identifying those those pools of where you get energy and where it's not so energetic mm. um and as for those who are um in in watching the cyberbullying um there are things you, you can kind of say i mean at least in this age there i guess the latest i've seen at least in youtube and facebook the way to flag comments or things that are derogatory um all, all those different platforms have their own ways of trying to address it which mm-hmm. which is great they're, they're doing what they can with the limited tools they have um probably not going to stop it but the idea of recognizing if if something's wrong if something mm-hmm. is hateful if something's just out there just to, to really not build someone up or or just doesn't add value mm-hmm. then yeah I, I think it's okay to flag it or, or question why that person or why that's there Mm-hmm. And also try to be mindful of like, all right, what, where's this person coming from? If, you know, I, I've seen <laughs> something around the Yelp, I, I see the person who's consistently doing one star reviews. Well, they have one star review everything. All right. Then yep. they're, 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 it's probably going to be difficult to find for that person to find some appreciation in the world. <laughs> oh yeah. They're, they're going through some stuff and they're projecting on everyone else. And, and that, that's, yeah. that's the thing I've learned too, man, is, is usually, usually the people that are out there spewing that, that garbage, they're going, they're going through their own crap in some way, shape or form, and they're projecting it on you. And it's so unfortunate. It's so unfortunate that that sometimes we get to a point where we think by we'll fix our stuff by bringing someone else down. There's a, there's a quote that Tony Robbins uh, says that, that there's two ways to build the biggest, the, the tallest building in town. You can tear down other people's buildings or you can build the biggest building. Yeah. And so many people are are more worried about tearing down other people's buildings to make theirs look taller versus working on themselves and just building a bigger building. And um, I think if there was anything I'd encourage all of you guys to do is really look around you and whether it's in your business or whether it's the way that you're showing up to as, as a leader to your family, your friends, uh, your community, your business is, is how do you inspire others to build bigger buildings, not tear others down? How do you, how do you call out those, uh, like you were saying, Joaquin, uh, that you see tearing down and see if you can encourage them and shine light to them? Um, uh, to the fact that, hey, this isn't the way that's that's going to help you live the life that you think you're going to live by tearing others down. It's actually going to help you do the opposite of what you think. It's not going to help you be happier. It's probably going to help you not be happier. Uh, shine that light. And then the next thing is um, is resources. I know uh, you're going to have a website up soon where people can learn about um, about your your uncle and your uncle's story. And and if if they'd like to support the cause, contribute to um, what 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 is the what is the charity? What's the cause that's yeah? Uh, so my uncle was really big on something called Altamed. Uh, I believe it's in East LA, established in early 1970s. Um, but it's it's essentially recognizing you know it was a, at one point I think to a certain degree. Um, a a no a, a free hospital in, in certain senses, and it's meant to target those who are disenfranchised, who mm-hmm. don't have health access, and at least in uh, LA, big Latino community, um, there's multiple barriers of what it means to have access to care mm-hmm. and be informed of what's going on there. So Ultimate is definitely on the forefront of being in communication there, and um, he was very much a part of that and loved everything that they stood for, and mm-hmm. he has a lot of heart and soul there. Um, 
so the the, the family and ultimate that they they built a, their made us a, their own page and uh contributions rather than sending flowers which man has had living rooms full of yeah, <laughs> um, but they're they're asking to just to kind of continue to, to fund scholarships for students who who are who are involved in ultimate or just wanting to serve uh, communities that are not being served and getting the help they need. Mm. Donations are are they're taking happy taking donations in his name, cool. uh, his name and yeah, I'll have a button hooked up on that or a link something in this cast or website. <laughs> awesome. So where, before I forget what, what's the URL to your website so you can learn more about, about your uncle's legacy, go uh, and they'll find the link to that. What's the URL? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have the website that I'm starting to, uh, take in the world of, of what it means to, to kind of be a little role or, or figure out the underlying story. It's been a little personal mission in my life, mm-hmm. um, is taking off the armor.com. And, uh, that's kind of my cornerstone of my project to what it means to be of service to someone who may be struggling with emotions or having patterns or, or limiting beliefs or just feel stuck. Mm. Um, I've learned some amazing, amazing tools and super thankful in the last few years. And now I'm kind of cultivating as that as a place. And then just the timing of things, um, the circumstances. And one of my personal missions the last few years is to kind of curb the, the number of men com- uh, committing suicide. Mm which is, I think, a, a four-to-one ratio, uh, men to women, and it's, that's been steady since the 1970s. So I've mm. kind of thrown my hat with my own story of, of kind of being on those points of just depression. Mm. Um, that's where taking off the armor is cool. my own my own lessons and learnings and service to those who are going through something. And, okay, let's let's dig around and, and kind of make something more available that, that might be limiting right now. Man, I, I I appreciate you big time on this, man. I mean, you you've taken off the armor in this podcast. You know, we're, we're diving into a deeper topic, which which I'm I'm so glad that we have the platform to be able to do that and 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 make whatever whatever level of impact we're able to make here. We've got thousands of people who uh, will access this and listen to this. And and dude, here's 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 my hope is this is. As like I said, the carrot cast is, is usually, hey, let's help you build your business and have a better life. And and we usually talk about the mindset stuff, but not in this, not not in this um in, in, in this angle. And I'm so glad we're bringing in some of these other topics and and um just not just no no better way than to to really honor the legacy of your uncle, you know. And and we started this podcast with legacy, and I think we'll finish it with legacy that that um Go go to takingoffthearmor.com. Is it taking off your armor or taking off the? Uh, taking off the armor. The armor. Cool. Go to takingoffthearmor.com. Uh, learn more about uh, Dr. Frank Mesa's uh, legacy. But also what I want you guys to do is 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 really recognize um, the amazing man that, that he is and that he was. Um, celebrate that and celebrate the accomplishments that, that you've just heard on this and and um, and also what, what I want you guys to do is is pull back and look at your own legacy, look at those around you, and how how can you make sure to make sure that you're living your best life, that you are um, building your own legacy, not trying to tear others' legacies down. And uh, I, I hope that your legacy is really a part of that. Where at the end of your life, people really do look at you and go, "Man, look at all that that person built. Look at all that that person was a part of making great. Look at all that that person did." Now we all make mistakes. There's so many things that that I've done that I don't want on my tombstone, right? But they're not the things that will define me. They're not the things that will define who I am at the end of my life. And that's what I want you guys to focus on is, yes, we all make mistakes, 
Let's recognize those, cast them aside, and let's go, what is it that is the legacy that I'm going to be known for? And and really focus on building that for you and for others. And like I said, we always say it, guys, to talk about the ripple effect, about the butterfly effect, that every single day, every one of us have, have a choice to show up to the world. We have a choice to um, leave a, a wake of uh, a wake of destruction behind us by saying negative comments, by giving people weird looks, by being negative in general, even if it's not directed at a person, um, by just anything and everything. We, we can leave a wake of destruction or we can leave, you know, just an, an amazing, amazing, um, just, just path of, of, yeah, I'm trying to come up with the right word, but positivity, inspiration. Um, and that's what we choose to be and what we choose to do. Joaquin gets those emails, you know, and he sees them. We see them in the awesomeness thread here at Carrot and how we've consciously made that decision on how to run business and run life. We, we're not perfect, but that's our aim. So, uh, Joaquin, man, any, any parting words um, on this episode of the Carrot Cast to honor your uncle? And also just on, on this topic, what are some things that you would love for people to take away from this episode? Yeah. Um yeah, the, the, what came to mind real quick, and I think this is awesome what, to speak about legacy, what it means to make sure you, to build your legacy, build your, your building the biggest. Mm. Teach others how to big build, how to big build their big, <laughs> their yeah. building, to even be bigger than yours. Mm-hmm. And that really came full circle, which, which was healing for, for my family of, mm. at the funeral, there's maybe 1,200 people packed standing room only in in the church and then the the room next is where they're streaming it that was standing room only mm. and it blew my mind I'm, I'm seeing the high school kids and wearing their their track jerseys paying their specs and then and this is this is where i'm like holy crap he meant a lot there's i think maybe six to ten uh men in their 60s late 60s wearing these purple jackets mm. I was like, okay, what's this? I'm not making connection. And then as, as the, uh, the service is going on, they had special guests and they, they, they're, they point out to these men in these purple track jackets. It was his teammates from 1960s at his high school came to show up. They sang the alma mater and it's like, damn. Really? Oh, geez. That's got to give you chills, man. In that moment. That's crazy. Beautiful though. The idea of like, that's legacy. Yep. I had one of his patients after come after service come up. They thought I was son, which is funny because there's like a good couple inches difference between <laughs> that matter. But one of his patients, I didn't know this woman. She's like, your uncle meant a lot to me, or your dad, but your uncle. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just want to say thank you. He was an amazing doctor to me. Mm. And for a perfect stranger to say that, that's that's a beautiful place to to share gratitude. And I'd say that's what leaving the legacy is about to bring other people up. And, and my takeaway from this, and I try to practice this as best as I can every day, share gratitude about a person before, before it's too late and, and they, you know, give flowers while they're still around. Don't wait yeah. till the funeral or something like that to give someone some flowers. Mm. So, Dude, that's, that, that's big right there. And I want, I want people to do that. that. That's the number one action item for you guys for this week in the Caracast is I want you to do exactly what Joaquin said there. Um, identify someone right now today before you go to bed 
And I want you to, use to, to visualize that person, picture them right now, uh, someone that, that you maybe haven't said those words um, uh, to them that you know that you want to or, or, or should say, or the person that you haven't called, your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, a friend of yours, your, your wife, your husband, whatever it is, uh, say those words, have those conversations, show your gratitude. And uh, I want you guys to report back to us um, how that feels and keep doing that every single week. So shoot us an email. Um, support it at carrot.com. Joaquin will see those uh, support at carrot.com and let us know um, what you're taking away from this episode. And uh, let us know also, did you take that action? Did you go out there and, um, and pay that gratitude to someone that you have not uh, done so lately before it's too late? Guys and gals, I appreciate you listening to this episode uh, on the more serious note. But, but like I said, I think the biggest takeaway here is build people up. Let's build people up, guys. Let's make that our call to arms here at Carrot is to build people up, is to inspire those who are tearing down to notice how much better life can be and, and is when you focus on the building up versus the tearing down side of things. And, and encourage and build and build up our, our those around us, our, our friends, our family, our team members, our, our children, uh, and make sure that we're, we're really creating those healthy habits so we're not breeding um, people ourselves or people that we know, especially our children, who will end up being on the giving end of some of the cyberbullying in 10 or 20 years. I think that, that, that'd be the worst nightmare possible that, um, that, my, that my own children would be ones who would be doing that. So I'm going to be doing everything in my power to make sure that they know that's not right and that they'll be building up as they go. So uh, Joaquin, man, I appreciate the heck out of you and coming on and sharing the story of your uncle. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get you back on the carrot cast uh, sometime soon, man. And, and whether it's a real estate topic, lead gen topic, whatever it is, but I love your energy. We might dive into some of the NLP stuff you're doing here. That stuff's, that stuff's fascinating. To me. Oh, it's a treat what I've been learning and starting to implement. It's yeah, that'd, that'd be fun to share that stuff. <laughs> I love it. Cool. Well guys go to um, taking off the armor.com, taking off the armor.com and uh, check out Dr. Frank May's legacy contribute to Ultimate there in East LA and I'll Joaquin. Thank you very much for hopping on the Carecast, man. Appreciate Absolutely. you, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.